team and our sound team. Guys, would you put your hands together for them? These guys, every single week, they help us out. We love you guys. Thank you so much for what you guys do and being willing to serve where you've been called. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys, I hope you are ready tonight. Uh, Keith blessed us this morning so much. Uh, he's, a, he's a man that, uh, that you should listen to. He's been around the world several times, right, and still going, and he's carrying the gospel of God. You guys, be ready and expecting tonight. Would you please welcome Keith Hershey? Thanks, Chip. Bless you, my brother. Hello, everybody. Hope you had a good afternoon, a restful afternoon. How many of you were here this morning? Praise the Lord. How many of you were not here this morning? Raise your hand high. Okay, well, welcome tonight, and make sure you uh, either watch the online version on Facebook uh, Live that your church post, or get the CD of this morning. I know your heart will be really, really refreshed and blessed abundantly from uh, the gospel of the gift. We're gifts to the world as... As he is, so are we. God gave Jesus as a gift to us. And the gospel is, is all about gift. It has nothing to do with you in terms of your own capacity. It has nothing to do with you in terms of your merit. It has to do with your capacity to believe the gift of the Lamb of God, which pre-approves you before the Father eternally. And it's an exciting gospel. So we talked about that this morning and had a really, really good time. Then I went back to my room and took a nap. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm doing really good tonight. Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, hey, let me just show you real quick a couple of things. Uh, you all know we have different campuses and teams around the world. I showed a little video this morning of some of the things that uh, we've been doing since I saw you a year ago. But let me just show you a, a couple little uh, pictures. Um, I don't know... If they have some of the pictures, did they send some pictures? Go ahead and put up the first picture, whatever the picture is. Okay, I'm building churches right now, five new churches in the Philippines. These are the villages and our different pastors. All of our pastors, we, we train. So they go through our Bible school, we equip them, and then we assign them to a village. Most of these are Muslim villages in Mindanao, the very southern part of Mindanao. Very strong, you know, Islamic uh, thinking, uh, worldviews, and, and radical worldviews. And so we, we go into these villages and plant churches. Let's go to the next little slide if we can. This is one of the little uh, village churches. Typical thing that we'll, we build, very, very small, very simple, very inexpensive. Costs about $2,200. It sponsors a pastor as well for a year. This pastor that I'm with here, he was an Islamic terrorist and uh, got radically saved. Went to our Bible school, and so now he's pastoring in this Muslim village, doing a great, great job. Let's go to the next picture if we can. Um, this is what we always do. We host big festivals and feast and feed the whole villages. And you see that pig on the, in the forefront of the picture? We took authority over that pig. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ate the whole thing. Let's go to the next picture if we can. Um, all right. This is like one of the festivals. We have about 1,000 people here that we feed and bless in all these places, and just introduce them to the love of God in Christ. Let's go to another picture. That's on our main campus, by the way, in the Philippines. This is one of the new churches that we're building. I'm there with uh, our team leader, uh, Johnny, and uh, just talking about the new different churches that we're now building. Let's go to the next picture if we can. And uh, this is another one of our little village churches. So it's very, very exciting. Let's go to the next picture if we can. And this is, uh, this is pictures about two weeks old now. 
and it's even progressed further. This is one of the churches we're building right now. We're in the midst of completing it, hopefully within the next four weeks, and it's going to be really, really exciting. Let's go to the next picture if we can. And that's kind of our main, our main campus there in the Philippines. Let's go to our next picture. Uh, let me tell you a little story. When I was uh, a couple weeks ago in the Middle East, I was, my heart was really heavy because one of our kids was abducted, this little guy, Kimuel. He was abducted by, um, by like Muslim uh, extremists. And uh, he was held out in the forest in this house with a whole host of other little kids. And, uh, you know, so, you know, everybody was texting me and getting a hold of me to, to pray. And, you know, I prayed, but, you know, once you pray, you have to trust. You just rest, you know. I, when you're reduced to nothing but the love of God is not a bad place to be. And uh, the next day, uh, God sent a, a terrible storm in the forest. Uh, and it was such a dramatic storm that all the kids fled ran for their lives through the forest. They all got separated. He got isolated, and the next day, he was found by some people, and they took him to the police station, and uh, he was restored to our life home. We have 24 of these kids in our life home. So I tell you, my heart got so happy when I heard how he was rescued, and then that's kind of his first meal back. They, they said he smelled like dead rats when, when, when they, they found him and got him, and uh, so we're thanking God for, for mercy. Aren't you glad for mercy? Mercy and grace, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Amy, go ahead, give the Lord a shout. That's worth giving the Lord a shout. About. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's go to another picture if we can. Uh, any other pictures? That must be it. Okay, I was going to show you, uh, I thought they may have a picture there of, uh, we had a big flood over there on our campus, and now I've got to build this 50-yard, uh, uh, well, it's 147 uh, feet long and a four-foot in diameter culvert in front of all the front of our property because uh, we're getting massively flooded. So uh, hopefully we're going to be starting that in the month of May, the beginning of May. We're just trusting the Lord so the campus can be preserved from massive flooding. So we're just thankful for what the Lord's doing all over the world. But that's just one picture, one, one part of the world where we're involved uh, there in Mindanao. Uh, in General Santos City. That's the hometown of Manny Pacquiao, for those of you who are fight fans, boxing fans. And uh, Manny Pacquiao lives in that town, and um, that's where we are sharing the gospel. So uh, it's good. But those of you who participate in the offering, this is what I do with the offerings. People always ask me, you know, when I'm in America preaching, you know, if I take the offerings for my, my life. or No, I, everything always goes to ministry and goes to, to projects. This is how we sustain our campuses around the world. In life and ministry is not my love for Christ. Because uh, I would be uh, constantly uh, depressed. Because my love for Christ fluctuates, to be downright honest, you know. Some days it's stronger than others. But God's love for me is ever constant. So Paul says it's the love of Christ that compels him. Because you make a decision, you make a judgment that if one died, all died. If one died, all died. See, you've got to come to a place with a strong decision of your heart that if he died, you died. And if he died, we all died. We all are included in him. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel of the gift, that it's for everyone everywhere. It has to be announced as, as, a, as a truth for them, whether or not they believe it. 
See, uh, the truth is not the truth because you believe the truth. You know, if I said the sun is shining, you say, I don't believe that. Well, it doesn't change the truth. The sun is shining, right? So the truth of what God did in Christ for everyone everywhere is still the truth whether or not people believe it. So the love of Christ is the revelation of the Lamb. What God did in Christ at Calvary. Because that's the place the Bible teaches where love is demonstrated. Where there's a, there's a declaration and a demonstration of our inclusion you're in Christ before the Father. And so I like to get swallowed up with the love of God. In fact, when I come to a service like this or like this morning, wherever I go, to be honest with you, my, my purpose in, in coming is to be loved by the Father and in return, worship Him. But I always take time to be loved because my mind can get so distracted with the cares of the world, with problems, with situations, with pressure, with people, with challenges, with chit-chat, with, with your mind messing with you. So I always take time to be loved. And this is the way I, I have my devotional life. I, I, don't, I don't get up to, to put in time uh, in prayer or reading the Bible as though it's a credit. I get up and I'm... I take time to be loved by the Father. And through the process of making a decision, recognizing that one died and we all are included in him, the beauty of my righteousness still astonishes me. And it's all gift. It's the gospel of the gift. What I was teaching this morning, it still amazes me. So if I can, if I can be loved, suddenly my heart's tender. Now I'm ready for the day. Now I can worship, broken, beautiful, receptive. I can read and study and let the word come alive in my spirit. It's not like I'm putting in time as though I am righteous or to be righteous, but rather I'm receiving the love of the Father which has decreed my righteousness. His death, the Bible says, he takes my sin. He was given up for my transgression. He was raised up for my justification. I was included in that. I'm justified through his risenness. And it's a gift. And to me, it's, it's beautiful. I think the greatest, the greatest need for a believer uh, in our day, like in any day, is to be loved. I think we have to come to the place where we're just so overwhelmed by the beauty of the gift that it changes the way we think and the way we look at our world and the way we look at our problems. Like I said, to be reduced to nothing but the love of the Father is not a bad place to be. And that's the way I find a lot of my life because challenges are gigantic and, you know, I can't, I can't fix things. I can't fix people. I can't fix myself, you know. I can't, I can't fix... I can't fix things in and of myself. But the love of the Father gives me substance and, and, and resources from a different realm. It gives me wisdom that is from above. And it's, it's a beautiful place to be. So I'm not afraid uh, to be loved by the Father because it's, uh, it's the place of rescue. And to me, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, in, in terms of healing, physical healing... 
you know, even emotional healing. Can you imagine this little guy, Lemuel? Can you imagine the horror and the nightmare, you know, of, of, being, of being abducted? They said by ISIS-affiliated, you know, terrorist groups. You know, that doesn't make you comfortable. That's, that's like scary, you know. Can you imagine the horror of a little kid like that, six, seven, eight years old, whatever, however old he is, not, not very old. Can you imagine just, just the, the ministry of the love of the Father? Think about the pain of your life and my life and, you know, our extended families. You know, we need to be comfortable being loved. And we need to be comfortable not having all the answers right away. We have to rest in the mystery of Christ. And I find that even, even for, for, for physical healing, where you wrestle even with ideas and approaches and methodologies and ways forward and what to do. You know, a lot of times uh, when people want to talk to me about their headaches and heartaches and physical pains, they, they, they want me to give them, you know, an answer. And I usually don't give people an answer. I give people, uh, you know, a position in the love of the Father where they can find their answer. But, you know, some people always come to me, Keith, you know, the Lord told me uh, you have a word for me, you know, as though, as though I'm going to prophesy. You know, I guess a lot of people live that way, and, and that's fine if, if that's your calculation. But I, I, I really, really believe that God wants us to be immersed in the love of the Lamb. Where he is our only option. He, 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 he becomes our, our hope. The mystery of his love. That's why the verse uh, I shared this morning. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. The gift of God in Christ changes everything. It's a whole new calculation for righteousness. And it's a whole new calculation for healing. Because the gift of the Lamb of God is for everything. It's for salvation. And you all know, you've heard, Pastor Mike's taught, I'm sure, a million times on, on the term salvation or that Greek word soteria. It's, 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 it's not just salvation, but it's healing. It's, it's deliverance. It's, it's soundness of mind. It's a peace point for your world. It's, it's the shalom life. But... But the gift of the Lamb gives you everything. It's an indescribable gift. It's not just for your eternal standing in, in, in righteousness before the Father, although that is supremely important. But it's also for your physical well-being. It's for your, it's for your mental peace. And it's the type of gift that is indescribable. We have to come to the place where we're comfortable with an indescribable gift because that gives you faith for impossible things. What fills people's hearts and minds with such discouragement and despair is when no natural doctor or no natural, you know, psychiatrist or so no natural person has a solution. But it shouldn't overwhelm a believer. We should come to a place of rest. And trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and recognize this is an indescribable gift. And if there's nothing else you can do, you can thank God for it. You know, sometimes when I don't know what to do, which is often, 
unfortunately, where I, in my humanness, don't always have answers right away. You know, sometimes my wife, you know, with challenges of our family life or our family tree. I don't know about your family tree. My family tree is full of challenges, you know. Uh, our human uh, gene pool has been uh, dramatically impacted through the fall, okay? So I'm a product of, 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 of complete brokenness. And uh, I told Heidi, you know, her, 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 her family, you know, gene pool's not much better, you know. We, 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 we both come from, from brokenness. We all do. And, and, and I don't always have answers for, for everyone and everything and, and everything. But one thing I can do in the love of the Father is just be thankful for an indescribable gift. Entrust the mystery of Christ and be secure there. That's why I say there's something about being reduced to nothing but the love of the Father. And uh, in my humanness, sometimes it's quite scary, but there's something beautiful about the way God comes through. And he works, and he heals, and he restores, and he delivers little Lemuel. He delivers him with a massive storm. Thank God for storms that shake everything up. It puts you in a place where you have no other option but to trust him. It's really, really good news. So thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. There's no human words. There's no human language. It is, it is absolutely astonishing. And the only way you, 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 you get a hold of it is when it gets a hold of you. Where it wrestles you deep in your soul. I like it. I like it. And that's why, in fact, go with me to Isaiah uh, 53. Are you all glad you're here tonight? Look at this, friend, Isaiah 53. This is the picture. Isaiah pronounces about it. I need to get my glasses. I went to the eye doctor on Friday because I've never had glasses. But I've told Heidi the last couple, three months that uh, said, man, you're looking really, really beautiful. You're just absolutely getting more gorgeous as the days go by. But I realized, uh, you know, my eyes were dim. And she said, yeah, you need to get glasses. And I said, okay. So I went to get glasses. But anyway, I, I have them on order. But Heidi's absolutely gorgeous with good eyes or bad eyes. Anyway, look at the Bible says here. You can tell when a preacher begins to meander and gets in trouble, he's got to get back to the word. Okay, here we go. Isaiah 53. This is, of course, talking about Jesus in what he's done for us. This is really a picture of the gift. It says in verse uh, 3, He was despised, he was rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, surely, see how much confidence do you have in this? Surely, he has borne our griefs. Surely, he has borne our griefs. You know, the footnote says our sicknesses. He has carried our sorrows. He's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, spitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. 
Listen, this is a, this is a, a, a declaration of the gift, the indescribable gift. Your, your heart has to be comfortable with it. Where Jesus is the one who took it all. Your sin and your sicknesses and disease. He took it all. And that's why, you know, I always tell people, people ask me. In fact, some people this morning were, were talking to me after the service and asking me questions about, you know, how, 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 how do you be loved? They, they say, how do you, if, if we're to be loved by the Father, how, how, how do you do it? I said, well, there's different ways, but I said, for me, to get me started in this, I have to believe, and I would tell myself, Father, I believe my sins have been forgiven. And my sins have been forgotten. And I would tell myself and tell myself and tell myself. That's a Bible verse, by the way. Hebrews 8, 12. Also Hebrews 10. It, it's, it's repeated. That my sins are forgiven and my sins are forgotten and I have an eternal redemption. Because I always used to live calculating my position before the Father based on me. And my capacity to do good and be good and not tell somebody off or... Say a naughty word. And so I used to always calculate everything on me. And that was really a depressing run. Because I'm, I'm just not that wonderful. I realized that my righteousness is based on him. It's all gift based. So I began to be loved by the father. By telling myself the truth that God loves me completely. There's no disappointment in the father. Concerning me. That my righteousness is a gift. And it's only a gift. That my standing before the Father is the Lamb. And it's only the Lamb. And I had to renew my mind with the word to be comfortable of being loved to that capacity. And it took a little bit of time. But I tell you, when you open yourself up to the Spirit of God and have that kind of confidence in the righteousness of the Lamb. Then you know on your good days and your bad days, you're still ever constant with Him. And it's an amazing thing for people to, to, to believe, and you can only believe it by faith, because your humanness will fight it. Religious-mindedness will fight it. Because religious thinking will always put you in the calculation. But listen, the grace of God is something so dramatically different than our human capacity. It's nothing but the favor of the Father. And that's what's a beautiful thing. So I was telling these, these people this morning, I said, what I, what I had to do for a season, a long season, is get so confident that my righteousness is gift and, and gift alone. And I had to re, re, rethink my world to be confident in the Lamb and not just be confident in me. And I find when I'm confident in Him, my life, you know, lives in accordance with His character. It's a beautiful thing. It makes you stronger, actually, in your righteous living among men. Your righteousness among men. But your righteousness before God is always the Lamb. It's always Christ. And that's something to me that's beautiful. So this picture in Isaiah 53, when it comes to healing, you've got to get comfortable that healing's a gift. 
You know, one thing I find with, with believing people who, who are suffering is, my goodness, we, we live way too nervous. We, we try way too hard. People, people try way too hard to be good for God. We need to be comfortable that God accepts us as we are <laughs> and not as we need to be. I tell you, it makes your flesh mad, but it's beautiful for your spirit to come to the place to announce the truth of your redeemed innocence in the midst of your mess. And then you get comfortable with the beauty of that he's carried all your, all your sickness, all your disease. He bore it all. He bore it all, and it's all gift-based. It's not merit-based. It's not based on how many times I can say something or do something or pray something. I have people, you know, always want me to, you know, you know, they make me nervous. You know, everything is, is urgent. You know, do, 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 some, do something. Pray again. Pray harder. I think, let's just sit still and have a drink. Let's just be loved. Let's not be afraid of life. Let's not be afraid of death. Let's sit still. Let our faith take us to a place of rest. Let us be comfortable with Jesus and his work. God is working in the midst of everything that looks uh, wrong, everything that looks uh, chaotic. God is working. He's working. And he's doing a good job. Recently, I had a little challenge. And uh, right before I went to the Middle East, right before Easter, uh, I, I had this challenge um, with a little retreat that we just have for um, leaders. And I, 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 now, I, I just turned 60 years old. I, I told Heidi, I said, Heidi, you know, uh, I just want to sit with people. I want to sit with leaders who are disappointed. I want to sit with people who are disappointed. I want to sit with people who've worked too hard and just feel so disappointed. And I want us to just sit around the table and break bread and have communion and talk about the hard things of life and pray for each other. Because I find a lot of people around the world, you know, people I work with, you know, people in America live very frustrated and disappointed and sometimes angry and cynical. And uh, there's got to be a place in Christ where where there can be camaraderie in the midst of our questions. So I have this little uh, retreat that I'm developing. And, uh, and uh, it was flooded, massively flooded here. Um, and I was so, so, so disappointed because we just acquired it. And so I have to re- rebuild quite a bit of things. And uh, so right before I went to the Middle East in my disappointment, God uh, interrupted me and he, he, he gave me an assignment. Actually, Pastor uh, Bill Winston in Chicago, he was an African. His staff called me and said, Pastor Winston's in South Africa, but um, he, he wanted us to call you to see if you could cover for him this, this, this weekend and and uh, I said, well, I'm on my way to Lebanon. And I said, I'm supposed to be preaching in Sacramento, but let me see if I can change some things. So anyway, I changed everything and I, and I went back there. And I was able to go then to this retreat environment and see our massive disaster and 
because uh, it's in the Midwest. And uh, um, driving back to Chicago, I was just being loved by the Father. And uh, God orchestrated everything perfectly. All the things I couldn't figure out for days prior, he figured out in a period of 24 hours. He figured it all out. And he revealed how to do everything and how to supply for it. And uh, I'm driving back to O'Hare. And I found myself saying, God... You do good work. God. You do good work. Can you, can you say that about the Father? In your brokenness? In your disease? In your sickness? In your pain? God. You do good work. You know the Bible says what he starts in you. He completes. He does nothing half-heartedly. What he starts in you, he completes. God, you do good work. And I really believe that in the pain of our lives, even in our physical pain, God is, God is at work. And that's one thing I find being loved by the Father in all the hardship and the headache of pain, physical pain. My heart is anchored on the truth of the cross in Isaiah 53, and Jesus took it all. He took all my sin. He remembers it no more. And he took all my sickness and all my disease, and I call it done. Now, the thing is, it doesn't always calculate perfectly and quickly in terms of the pain points of life. And so this is where we walk in faith. This is where we trust the Lord in the mystery. And that's why I shared that passage of scripture of John chapter 4, you know, with a woman at the well. I love that phrase. You know, if you knew the gift of God, the gospel is only about gift. Your healing is all about gift. It's not about you doing enough. It's not even about you being good enough. It's about you resting in being loved by the Father and receiving what was done. If you knew the gift, you would ask of him. I think a lot of times people get disappointed in, in, in physical ailments and, and, and they, 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 they don't know how to ask. They're embarrassed to ask. That's why you get, get immersed in the revelation of the gift because if you know of the gift, the gift draws you out to ask of him. And he gives to you. I find my prayer life is fresh and vibrant and, and, and chit-chatty. My fellowship with the Father is chit-chatty. It's, it's not necessarily long and intense, although there can be moments where I'm praying in the Spirit or praying with my understanding. But, but usually it's just the awareness of his presence because I'm being loved. And it's chit-chatty. And I say things for people. I decree a thing. And, 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 and I like it that way. You, you, don't need, you, don't, you don't need to act like you're putting in time to be worthy of your healing. You can rest. 
Look at Isaiah, uh, I'm sorry, look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let me put my glasses back on. <laughs> look at this, this is cool. This is kind of the, the picture of Jesus and the church, and he kind of uses the, the imagery of a husband and a wife, or the marriage but in verse, uh, let's just go down to verse um, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, the church. So the picture of God's love for you is that he's given himself for you and to you, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she, the church, should be holy and without blemish. He, he makes you that way. See, Jesus makes you holy and Jesus makes you without blemish. There is no spot in you from his view. You're spotless. See, it takes faith to believe that because you only know yourself according to your flesh. That's why Paul the Apostle says you should know no one according to the flesh, not even Christ. That's what it says, 2 Corinthians 5. You, you, know, you know Christ according to the cross. You know him according to what he's done not according to his humanness in his human life. You're not even supposed to know yourself according to the flesh. If you know yourself according to the flesh, you will always be disappointed with you because you're just not that good. You know yourself according to Christ. You're holy and without blemish, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Notice, husbands, how you ought to really cherish your wife. You ought to love her in such a way as though she is a part of you. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh. Notice, now this is a picture of Jesus in the church. No one ever hated his own flesh. You're the body of Christ. So no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So you have to, you have, to have a strong confidence that the gift decrees you're his body. So he is not behind any infirmity that's in you. He does no harm. He does no damage to his body. You ought to just rest in the revelation of who he says you are. You're his body. No one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it and heals it, in other words. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body. We are members of his flesh. We are members of his bone. Then two verses later it says. And this is the great mystery. See it's kind of like the gift itself. The gift is such a mystery. It's indescribable. We have to be comfortable with the mystery. Of the, of the work of Christ. In our frailty. In our, in our pain. In our humanness. And we just have to rest. In his love. Like I said, some people, you know, uh, when, I'm, when I'm in their midst or when I'm traveling and people that know me want me to pray for them or something, but, you know, and, I, and, and that's wonderful and, 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 and I do, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy that. But, but we don't have to do it nervously. We can rest. We can rest, we can rest, we can rest. We don't have to try so hard. We don't have to prove nothing. 
We don't have to calculate the perfect timetable. We can rest in the finished work of Jesus and be loved. Faith is a rest. And that's really what Hebrews talks about in Hebrews chapter 4. Go with me real quick to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. This is the story about the man uh, healed at the pool of Bethesda. So there was this great feast in Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus went uh, there, you know, by the the sheep gate. There was a pool. Verse 3 says, In there lay a great multitude of sick folks, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been in that condition a long time, Jesus said to him, Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Do you know what the love of of God will do for you? It, It draws you to ask of the gift. And it puts your desires in line with supernatural things. It puts your heart and your mindset in desires with things that are of another world. Supernatural assistance, supernatural blessings, supernatural miracles. And that's why I like to be loved. Because it, it makes me not afraid to ask for things that make no human sense. Jesus had to ask the brother, hey, hey, bro, uh, you know, do, do you want to be well? You know, sometimes people live so disappointed for so long, they lose even a passion and lose a desire. I think the older I get, uh, the more I realize the importance of letting your heart be absolutely uh, thrilled with the love of God because uh, <laughs> it's what gives me passion. It what, it's what gives me intensity. It, it's what gives me desire. It's the love of Christ that's compelling me. So do you want to be well? So, you know, he, he made this excuse. Well, I don't got really nobody to help me, nobody to put me in the water. You know, I do my best, but it just never works out. So Jesus just spoke a word over him. Rise, take up your bed and walk, and boom. The brother instantly was healed, you know. It's, it's, it's amazing how God can meet you in your disappointment And suddenly everything can change when you have a view of the Lamb. It didn't really require the faith of the brother as much as it did just his acknowledgement of the gift in front of him. And somehow the gift goes into work. You know, Jesus can triumph over your inability to believe. He really can. And uh, that's why I, I tell people not to put so much attention on themselves and that's what makes most people nervous. They come up and say, Keith, you know what? What am I doing wrong? It's not happened yet. Just be still. Sit down. Have a glass of iced tea. Everything's going to be okay. Let's, let's just be loved by the Father. God is at work. God is at work. God is at work. And he works perfectly. You know, Jesus later in this story goes to this brother. He finds him, you know. As he's going on his merry way and he says, hey, brother, you know, you know, you really uh, need to alter kind of your worldview. You need to change your thinking. You need to repent. You need to change your mind about how you live and how you think and what you're doing. Because the sin calculation of your life gives an open door for this kind of struggle and trouble in your life. Jesus said a worse thing could come on you. 
So there is, there is an importance that our lives live in accordance with the character and life of Jesus, but it's important that our eyes are on him because he is our full supply. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And verse 33. The Bible says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do you know, uh, one thing that I do when I'm suffering um, physically, and I've been suffering recently, uh, hiding out, we're not immune to headaches and Challenges and pain and pressure and problems. And uh, in recent weeks, I've been very depleted and, and uh, um, you know, like I wake up and I'm, I'm exhausted by 10 o'clock. You know, it's like I need a, a nap or something. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I've been asking the Lord to help me but, uh, and to heal me and help me figure out, you know, different, different things. And so... Um, what, what, what I find in, in when, I'm, when I'm believing God for healing in my own life, sometimes um, when I'm being loved by the Father, one way that I'm loved is to understand that His righteousness is my righteousness. I seek first His righteousness. I remind myself constantly of my righteousness before the Father in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus said, if I seek His righteousness... And his, his rule, his, his dominion in, 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 in his kingdom life, in, in, in my world, if I just have that as a focal point, everything's added to me. Sometimes my healing comes when I'm not even really uh, looking for it. It comes when I'm being astonished at the love of God. It comes when I'm, when I'm being astonished at the revelation of my righteousness and I'm decreeing it so. And so sometimes I tell people when they're all stressed out and worked up about whether or not their healing's happening, whether it's happened enough, if they've confessed enough, if they've prayed enough, if they should pray more, if they should pray harder, if you would, you know, whatever. Sometimes I say, just, let's just pause. Let's just be loved. And let's just understand the reality of our righteousness, regardless of anything that's wrong with us. Let's understand and believe that we are righteous continually before the Father because of Jesus. Let's announce it. Let's believe it. Let's decree it. Because the Bible says all these other things are going to be added to us. Uh, this week, I was uh, actually sharing with a couple of people here before the service. My wife, Heidi, um, she's had some uh, issues with her knees for months now. And um, we're finding out with her grandkids, you know, to get down on the floor and roll around and play around, which is a lot of fun, but then we can't get up, you know what I mean? So we realize, you know, this is not good. So uh, Heidi had her knees checked, and they said, no, both knees are bone on bone. You need knee replacements. And that just wasn't a fun thought for Heidi. So I said, well, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. They've got great technologies now. It's going to be great. No, no, she didn't want to do this. So she, she decided that she wanted to do some of this uh, uh, new stuff of... Um, stem cell kind of therapies and try to believe God and grow the cartilage and all these things. So she did all this research and talked to all kinds of people around the country and went to different, you know, uh, doctors and everything. So she said to me, she said, well, Keith, you know, this is, this is where my faith is. 
for healing. I said, okay, cool. I said, I'm going to agree with where your heart is uh, for, for your healing. So just a few days ago, this last Thursday, she had, uh, they harvested stem cells and I don't know, 50 some million, whatever it is. And then they inject 25 million stem cells or something in this knee and then another 25 million something in the other knee and do all this stuff. And so I took her to this, uh, this hospital operating, you know, facility and, and, uh, they did this, this uh, procedure on her, and uh, so she's decreeing and believing that her knees are going to be whole and she's not going to be in pain. And so she can chase me all over the house again, and I say, hallelujah, this is wonderful. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, is we, have to, we, have to, we have to yield our hearts to where people are believing. We have to yield our hearts to where people are believing. And so don't, don't be disappointed if in healing... Um, whether something's not going fast enough or perfect enough or whatever, just 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 be enthralled with the gift, and and don't uh, don't wrestle too hard, don't live disappointed, and just believe God is at work. And uh, there, there there are things in life I I can't fully I can't fully figure out. You know, there are people not only with physical uh, ailments, and they all don't get perfectly healed, uh, you know, when I pray for them, but yet there are mighty miracles that happen. And I don't understand the calculation of all things, but I do understand this. The gift is still the gift. And we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the one who heals us completely. By his stripes, I am healed. And it's an astonishing beauty of the gift of God. So I want to encourage you tonight, no matter whatever your pain point in life is, take time to be loved. Don't wrestle with yourself. Don't live disappointed in yourself. Just always be aware of the question, do you want to be healed? And and just acknowledge that he is the healer, just like the song we sang. The lyrics of those songs, all of them were just wonderful tonight. I believe he's my healer. I believe he, he's done it all. And uh, if, you can, if you can get comfortable with that and then rest in the mystery of the things you don't understand, you reduce nothing to the, but the love of God. And then, and then God, God works. You know, I have a, a, a relative now, an uncle who was just uh, diagnosed um, with cancer and um, he, he's a believer. He just, you know, he's alarmed. And um, so he's in Switzerland now doing this therapies and, or whatever. He's, he, has, he has means. He has, you know, uh, money. And so he's doing all this thing. So I talked recently, uh, well, yesterday it was, about this whole prognosis. And, and, and uh, when, I, when I text him and... And, and things, I, I, always, I always remind him of the gift. I always remind him of the lamb. Thank God for all the therapies. Thank God for all the technologies. Thank God for all the new... Th- thank God for stem cell stuff. Thank God, thank God for new, new joints they can put in. Thank God for everything. But, but in the end, it's the gift. 
It's the gift. It's the gift of God. It's God's love for you in Christ that provides everything. And that's the beautiful thing for you. So I just want us to take a moment tonight. Let's just, uh, let's just all stand to our feet. Can we do that? Let's just stand to our feet and just uh, lift your hands to heaven for a moment. Let's just be loved by the Father. Let me just speak over your life. Let me speak over your physical bodies. Let me speak over all your headache and heartache and pain. And I just want you to think deep in your heart right now about the gift of God, Jesus Christ, the one who bore all your sickness, carried all your disease. By your stripes, you are healed. That's the truth of the gospel. That's the truth of Isaiah 53. That's the truth of 1 Peter 2.24. That's the truth of Matthew 8.17. That's the truth of the Lamb. By his stripes, you are healed. That's the gift of God which is astonishing. It's the gift of God. Now I want you just to rest in the love of Christ. I want you not to be nervous. I don't want you to get all worried. I don't want you to ask a thousand questions. I just want you to rest in His love. I just want you to, in your mind, in your own little way, just like I was so overwhelmed by the love of God, and I said, God, you do good work. I just want you to believe he does good work. I want you to trust him in the mystery. I want you to trust him in the pain. I want you to trust him because there's nothing you can do. I want you to trust him like I had to trust him with Lemuel, out in the forest, held by ISIS-affiliated captors. There's nothing I could do. Jesus, you're the gift. Father, I pray over each person in this place. I speak healing over their physical bodies in Jesus' name. I send the word, I speak the word. I decree to you, friend, be healed in Jesus' name. From the inside to the outside, and I speak over your mind. I speak over your soul. Let not your heart be troubled. Rest in the love of God. Rest, rest, rest. In the love of God. Faith is not your problem when you're looking to Jesus. Faith is constant when you're drawing from the gift. You live by the faith of the Son of God. It's the faith of the Lamb that gets you everything. Don't worry about nothing. And always declare of your righteousness because of Jesus. Everything is added to you. Everything is added to you. Everything, 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 everything is added to you. Everything is added to you. You don't even look for it. It shows up. And then you say, God, you do good work. It's the astonishing love of Jesus Christ. Let there be peace in your heart, peace in your soul, strength in your body, 
health in every cell, every tissue, no cancer, no disease, no infirmity in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. God's good to you, friend. God is good to you. So, hallelujah. You know, uh, what I do uh, with Heidi in recent days is we just sit still and let God love us because... for my ailments or her ailments, Jesus is our everything. And He is for you too. He is for you too. He is for you too. Awesome. Well, friend, I hope you're encouraged today. Here, here uh, tonight, I'd love to shake your hand. If you want prayer, um, I'll be hanging out here. And I'd be glad to Pray with you further. Hug you real good. But rest. Don't don't be worked up about nothing. Rest. Praise the Lord. Before I leave tonight, because I'm driving back to the valley, I wish I could stay, but I just, I can't. I've got to go on another journey. But get this book, Beloved. And, uh, Read it. Who knows? God will heal you listening to these things. Teaching series. There's several series back there. Everything's 50% off. Everything's just $10 instead of $20. So if you don't have money, it's on the house. Just say you want it on the house. That's all you need to do because you're blessed. Did you have a good time tonight? Praise the Lord. Brother Chip, come on up. Give the Lord a shout of praise. God bless you all. Family, would you stand with us this evening? Brother Keith, thank you so much for being here with us. Would you stretch your hands out towards Brother Keith? Father, we thank you for this man of God, that he he is bold to share your word and to encourage us. Simply love on him, Father. We're in agreement with him uh, and Heidi for her knees for complete restoration. We're in agreement with them. We speak life over those knees. Thank you for Brother Keith, that his youth and his strength is renewed. Like only you can do, Father God. We are so grateful. Help him to continue to be astonished by your love. That your blessings overtake him. Life, life, life. We praise you, Father God. We love you so much, Lord. Continue to refresh and strengthen and renew him. Help him to not grow weary in doing good. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise you, Father God. We give you all the glory, all the praise. Thank you that you finish our faith. You are the author and the finisher. We stand in awe of you, but we are not surprised when it's completed because your word is true, Father. We stand in awe, but not surprised because you bring it to pass every single time. We praise you, Father God. Thank you for Keith as he travels home this evening. 
that you're always with him, always taking care of him, always watching out for him. Continue to bless him as he goes around this world to share your word, to share your life, and to share your love with others. Let him know that he is loved here everywhere that we go, that, that he has dominion, that everywhere that he goes, according to your word. Lead him and guide him, Father. We're so grateful for him. Can you agree with that, family? Would you say amen? Family, we are glad that you are here tonight. Come love on Brother Keith. Come talk to him. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.